Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Inside Pass. Another uh, Monday evening. Uh, if you're listening to us live on uh, Race Chaser Online, Randy Miller, Tom Baker, Peter Strada, Noah Lewis, Chris Murdoch, all uh, sitting around going to talk racing, but we have to take care of our usual business first, which is going to the hotline. So we've been on this kick about 200 shows, and we've had just about everybody on that's been a part of the, the, the 200 shows over the last several weeks. Um, and this one pretty much takes the cake between him and, and Nick DeGroote, who's busy tonight, but he'll be on next week, um, hopefully with a championship in his hand, and we'll talk about that later. Um, but... Uh, Chris Rice has been a huge part of, of our show uh, from the very beginning when he was back in the Turner Motorsports, did Fantasy NASCAR with us every week, um, and has been a very integral part of, uh, of what we've been able to accomplish here um, with 200 episodes, and I'm excited to have him on tonight. He has now gone all the way uh, to a general manager role, and he's also crew chiefing for AJ Allmendinger, but that's a whole other story. Um, but uh, we are excited to have uh, Chris on the hotline. Uh, Mr. Rice, thank you so much for taking the time out to join us tonight. Did my dad call Chris, him there? or something? Because you you said Mister Rice. Chris is in <laughs> How you guys doing? <laughs> we'll try and uh, get Chris back out of parentheses. Right, hopefully he'll get him on the well, air. Maybe he'll call us back sure. in a yeah. minute uh, or or so. Uh, but uh, again, uh, an integral part of the uh, of what we've done here on our show. Um, and, and I mentioned uh, Nick DeGroote. DeGroote's on uh, next week, and uh, tonight he is going to uh, try to compete for a championship. Um, uh, with the Monday Night Madness League, and uh, so hopefully we'll uh, talk to him about the championship. Uh, Chris, are you now there? Yes, you got me? Okay. We have a technical issue with the phone line, so... Um, don't you love those? It, it happens yeah, I, every I now and again. <laughs> I don't love technical issues. Not sure they're, what they're that would fun. be, but... Uh, Hello. There oh, he is. There we, well, right, can you hear me now? I got you guys. Can you hear me? We can hear you, yes. Except that he's not coming over the air. He's in, yes. We hear him you, in the studio. Yeah, we can we hear you in the studio, but you're not coming out over the air. We can hear him on the air. I didn't go to college for this kind of thing, so I don't know uh, what button we're Chris not pushing. Chris Murdoch did, but I think the board is, uh, like, something is backwards on the board or something. It's strange. Uh, well, we're, we're excited to have you on. We'll just have to pretend like everybody can hear you right now, and maybe we'll figure out a magical way to make it all come together when we air, we air this later in the week. So... Um, anyway, thank you so much for taking the time out to join us tonight, and uh, thank you, first of all, um, for all of the efforts that you put into helping us build this show over the last couple of years and uh, everything that you've done uh, to help us out along the way. We appreciate it a lot. Absolutely, and I'm glad your, um, your show's going great. I'm glad it's your 200th show. That's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome to talk about NASCAR or racing or all of the above uh, for 200 shows. That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, you've come a long way since the first time we've had you on the show. As, as I mentioned at the top of the show, you, you, I think the first time we had you on, you were uh, crew chiefing at, uh, at Turner Motorsports uh, with guys like uh, Alex Bowman and uh, James Busher and uh, guys like that. You've worked all the way up to now being the general manager over at uh, College Racing and uh, doing an incredible President. job President. Of, uh, of doing that and uh, building a great legacy uh, over there with a lot of great drivers, uh, Jeb Burton and uh, Justin Haley and A.J. Almendinger this year, Kaz Grawl on a part-time basis. Um, so you, you guys are, are setting yourselves up for a lot of success uh, already in uh, 2021, uh, A.J. already uh, visiting Victory Lane. Yeah, it's been great so far this year, and um, it has been awesome to build a program like we've built at College Racing to do the things we've done, you know, without the ability of Matt Colick and, and everybody in Ohio, it, it, it wouldn't be possible, but 
it's so awesome to have a race team like we have, but also to have the drivers we have from Justin Haley, Jeff Burton, AJ Almendinger, and like you said, a couple couple times with Kaz Growler. Uh, but the things we're looking forward to over the next five to ten years is pretty exciting to even think about. So, going uh, looking ahead a little bit uh, into 2022, you guys have already uh, decided you're going to go run a, a cup team full-time next year um, with the new next-gen car coming out. Uh, Kaz has gotten some starts uh, in that uh, in your, your cup car, the starts you've already got, you guys have already made uh, this year. Um, do you know what the plan might be going into 2022? Are you looking at uh, the drivers already in your stable? Are you looking outside of your stable? Uh, what's the, the current kind of game plan as you guys streamline into NASCAR next year? Well, we definitely look inside our stable. You know, we'd love to have one of the four drivers that would want to step up, go cup racing. But um, obviously it comes with, you know, we got to have backing and, and funding to be able to do that. But, uh, yeah, we, we would love to go run full-time uh, in 2022 in the cup side. But really it all boils down to you have, do you have a charter? Can you get into races? Uh, you know, it would be tough to go each and every week with without a charter, but – can you go and, and race and, and do that? So, I mean, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of things to be thinking about. But, um, man, that next-gen car is coming pretty quick. I sat down and looked over some of the stuff that, that you can go on and purchase now. So uh, it's coming pretty fast, and, and man, we got to be on our game. Well, that's what I was wondering about, Chris. When uh, in, in a conversation about moving up to come, obviously the funding is key. But also um, with the next-gen car coming in, um, how does a, a team like your, your team, who may want to go full-time in Cup, you're not going to get a lot of time to test it or whatever. Is that a disadvantage to the teams that currently are not in Cup? Does it make it harder for you to go full-time in Cup next year with a car that you've really never uh, had a chance to work with before? Uh, I don't think so. I think what the the thing that is a little bit harder is the people getting the people to believe in your organization that you're going to go race cup and that you're going to be a contender. Um, you know, I, I look at the Denny Hamlin situation this year. You know, they're just starting to hit their stride, starting to get better and better. Yeah, and and that's what our program. That's why we wanted to run so many races this year. We want to run. You know, we want to be able to compete in 2022, but. Like, I don't know that it's a disadvantage because nobody has those cars. We can buy those cars as soon as everybody else buys them. And with our alliance that we've had with RCR, that's deeper than just the Xfinity Series. So, you know, that helps a bunch. But, man, it's, it's going to be fun to see how it all plays out. If all the cars get done in time, can we make it to the racetrack? You know, um, it, it's a big overtaking or undertaking for anybody that's in this um, next-gen car. And it's going to be fun. I think uh, one thing I attribute the success to college racing to is the tight-knit group you guys have in the shop with the drivers and the crew. And I'm not saying there's not a lot of tight-knit groups in the garage, but you guys make a point of showing it on your socials. You guys having a good fr- time, sharing laughs. Uh, you know, What's it mean to you to have such a tight group, almost like a family in, uh, in college? Well, you know, that, that was built from, from the top down, you know, and, and we are big about that. If you don't fit in, or, or that's the hardest thing to do at college race, is fit in and become a member of a team because we're not three cars. We are, we are three cars, but we're one team filled with three cars. So, you know, it, it is, um, it's hard for people to come in and realize that, oh, I got to work on the 16, the 11, and the 10. 
but once you once you get it, it is easier. It's a lot more fun. Everybody loves everybody. I mean, we have bad days. Don't get me wrong. You know, when when you you have bad day at the racetrack, we definitely have bad days at the shop. But if you keep it light, you keep it fun, and and you have the tools to work with. It's you know, it's fun. I mean, we care about our people. Uh, I'm I'm huge on this. Seven. You work. Give us hard eight hours. You go home and you enjoy your home life, and you'll be a lot happier here at the shop. So we're very very big on that. Uh, we don't we don't you know veer far from that. Your kid has a ball game. We want you there. Your kid has something going on at school. We want you there. Your wife needs something. We want you there. Your husband needs something. We want you there. So I mean, we stay that way, and we and we preach it, and we try to try to back it up with our actions, but. We do have fun. You know, uh, A.J. Allmendinger picking up Justin Haley the other day. And, you know, Jeb's trying to find his way. How does Jeb fit in with Justin and A.J.? So we, we, we do have fun, but also we are very competitive. We want to win trophies. We want to win races. But to do that, Matt Collins always said, go out and have fun with it. And we do. That's what we try to do. It's a great way to be. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago we had our 200th episode, and I had asked – um, oh, Peter has a question real quick. I, go ahead, Peter. Oh, go ahead. Chris, I'm curious. What does Jeb Burton bring to the team? What does he bring to the table in team meetings that maybe Ross Chastain did not last year? <laughs> Jeb brings a bunch of Southern accent to the table. That's what he brings. <laughs> 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 um, you know, Jeb brings something different than any driver. I mean, he, he, he is different, um, but he's still trying to find his way, so the things you know he's he's run on five different racetracks already nothing's the same uh so we're trying to figure him out he's trying to figure us out uh he had a little incident there at atlanta so it 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 killed his top 10 run but you know he's just doing what he needs to do right now uh stay out of trouble uh and finish races and that that's the key but uh i think he'll start bringing some stuff to the table about middle of the year you know i mean we we got Justin Haley for a third year, and really we have AJ Allmendinger for a third year. So like those two guys know what to expect and know how to make us better right now. And Jeb's just just obviously doing what he needs to do to keep keep cars not tore up, and and, and so we can make them faster. Uh, and and that's the key, and that's what he's bringing right now. Hey Chris, I'm Virginia born too. You know about that good old Virginia accent, right? Dude, I got it. I got the Virginia accent. <laughs> that's also. right. Just, not That's quite right. as bad as Jeb. Yeah. <laughs> this is like you guys need a, a translator. I, I feel like Jeb should just take all of you guys hunting with him uh, one day, and then you guys should post that on social media. Because I, I feel like, you know, you and, and AJ and, you know, even Cash. Justin and Haley hunting. Haley Come on hun- now. Yeah. I, I feel like that would be a, an awesome I highlight. Think, I don't think AJ can spell gun, so I don't know. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. That's all I- yeah, he he was on uh, right before the holidays last year, and he told us a story about him and AJ at a Dick's Sporting Goods store, uh, where they almost got kicked out because they were playing football in the middle of the of the Dick's Sporting Goods store. So, um, yeah, we, and AJ AJ's a character. He went to uh, he went to the final race with us because I needed needed him to go in case something happened. You know, we needed a, a backup driver. So my wife was kind of his chaperone the entire oh, time we were out there for the championship game. Oh, I mean, for the championship race, yeah. And as some of the texts I got from A.J. Allmendinger just would blow you away. So not only is the dude a fun guy to be around, great race car driver, but, man, some of the texts he'll send me 
Uh, he sent me one yesterday that I'm still just trying to figure out why he even sent it. So it, it's awful. It's awful fun to be around him, and uh, he's he's a he's a very very good teammate. <laughs> Chris, we, we, we could sit here and talk to you all day long. We've got to step off to a commercial break. But the next time you come on, I want you to tell the story about Blippy that you told me uh, a long time ago when you and, and Alex to get work together, Alex Bowman were together. Can you do yeah, that for Not me? a problem. I'll do it. All right. I'll Chris, do it. Yes, sir. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. You guys, uh, you know, have, have a great year and uh, go win some races and come back and join us again. Hey, thank you guys and enjoy the night and thanks for keeping NASCAR in the forefront. We appreciate you. No Have problem. a good night. You too. Uh, Chris Rice, we will be back with more of the Inside Pass right after this. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. Beware of telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you. Call is threatening you with arrest or other legal action and demanding money are not from us. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Do not provide them with any form of payment or information. Report the call at oig.ssa. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with the $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hello, race fans. This is Chris Wright. Thanks for listening to these guys. Some great radio hosts. You're listening to the 
Welcome back to the Inside Pass. WSIC, uh, Randy Miller, Tom Baker, Peter Strada, Noah Lewis. Hey, you're here for two weeks in a row. I'm about to start singing. Wow. You made I'm it twice. Ca- I'm still catching my breath from barely getting here. Twice <laughs> in a month. That was a happy accident. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're not pushing that. buttons, by the way. And uh, we, we thank uh, Chris Rice for joining us. Uh, I wish we had a, a two-hour show because he probably could have taken right. up an hour and 45 minutes of that How show. Convenient. How convenient he brought us back from break, too. Yeah. <laughs> Just give him the mic and let him go. Power of pre-records. Um, anyway, uh, next week uh, on the show, uh, our buddy Nick DeGroote is going to join us. And uh, I, I wish that, uh, you know, I wish he was listening, but he's got to get ready for his uh, championship race tonight. He's in the championship uh, for the Monday Night Madness uh, iRacing League, it's he has a potential to win two and two two championships in a row if he can win yeah. tonight. So Monday Night Racing, yeah, and they uh, they've got they got Darryl the trucks at Atlanta. Trucks at Atlanta. Yeah, they got Daryl yeah. Waltrip. Um, they have Adam Alexander and they have Larry Mack all together in the booth tonight. Oh my goodness, Daryl Waltrip, Darryl Waltrip doing Waltrip. a doing a sim race. Yes, yeah. it'll be his second for yeah. the league. Yeah. So uh, good luck. He's got some stiff competition though. Alfredo's in there, and um, Will Rogers is in there, and uh, who's the other one? Partis. Preston Partis. Preston yeah. Partis. Yeah. We and realize I t- if Degroot wins, he's probably going to start charging us a, sh- a fee to be on the show. Yeah, right? yeah. He well, already I, he already does, but I refuse to pay it. I tell you, you know what's crazy to me? <laughs> Put it, it on my account. Larry Mack is such a student, like of of studying everything. When he did this last time, he had our names all because he took a picture. Our names were all up on the side of the computer. He had pronunciation written out. I mean, that oh, guy wow, just goes cool. all out. But uh, but yeah, it'll be cool. Did he have one for yours? Because I feel like Lewis is no. Yeah, mine was just written out pretty well. They were uh, they were going back and forth in the chat earlier no today. Pronunciation. Are, are you up there to be talked about? Am I up? Well, yeah. a couple times, a couple we times. Couple I won a couple times. of I had um, which you know he's he's kind of uh, going through a lot right now. Peter, remind me of the name. Bob Jenkins. Bob Jenkins. For some reason, I couldn't think. Bob Jenkins, who's right now, I think, battling some sort of brain yes. cancer. Yes. Um, he called me to a win at Indianapolis on an iRacing Monday That's Night awesome. Racing. And, uh, See, I feel like cool. at that point, I would just quit iRacing, because that would be like the pinnacle of oh, your man. career right there. Oh, man. It was there. so cool. I so have that like, video I'm, so I'm done. I don't need to do anything else for the rest of my life. Bob Jenkins <laughs> but that was only the practice race, right? Yeah, it was. Not to it him. Was the, it to was him, it was like the Indy 500. To the All-Star race as well. Anyway. I drank some milk after that win. Poured it on yourself and then yep. got, got your <laughs> carpet, got the carpet in the dorm room wet. Good job. Um, all right, we're going to do uh, two rounds of uh, of debate, and then we've got some other stuff to talk about. Uh, not that we don't have a shortage of things to talk about from the weekend, but uh, nonetheless, I put them tried to put them in question format. So, uh, Chris, will hold on. There you go. All right, oh. sorry, I didn't <laughs> throwing pens again. Um, <laughs> Chris, I was reading, and I got hit with a pen. <laughs> At least it was All just right. a pen. That's what you get for reading. Um, <laughs> I guess the first one is uh, pretty self-explanatory. So we're going to go in the order we're going to pick fantasy uh, lineups today. So it's going to be Noah, Tom, oh Peter, and Randy. Okay. So Noah. Let's talk first. Uh, the other Noah had an incident with Daniel Hemrick. Uh, he did. What are your thoughts and whose side are you on? Oh, boy. So this <laughs> there was a lot to this uh, this whole ordeal because it didn't start post-race or even at the end of the race it was kind of midway through um when noah backed up well first daniel overshot the box and then uh had to back up causing noah to have to slam on his brake have a weird ankle and then he backed up maybe further than he needed to uh into daniel um we did hear from nascar no penalty for for noah gregson on that they think they think that uh, he he you know he had to back up to readjust to have a non-penalty uh for his pit stop he backed up to kansas though that's he did back up to kansas um 
This is hard because initially, <laughs> then he flipped off Toto. Yeah, initially, <laughs> yes. Exactly. Which, if you know anything about Noah Gregson, he does frequently, even with people he yeah. likes. He he sometimes will flip off people he's yeah. joking with on the track. Um, however, when I first saw it by the replay that Fox showed, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is black and white. He should not have done that." I was a little more uh, when they showed the overhead view of him coming and then having to back up and then readjust and then get in the box. And apparently that's why NASCAR didn't penalize him. But what I found funny is that Noah posted on Twitter trying to defend his actions with the middle finger coming out the the window. And I I was like, how are you defending yourself and telling people? But would he? I mean, even if he didn't back up into Hemrick, I'm I'm assuming he probably still would have stuck the middle finger. <laughs> so you never know if that was as a result of I just hit you middle finger, or if that's a result of I had to back up, readjust, and then middle finger. So I don't know here. Um, it certainly gave us a lot to talk about, a lot to see. Uh, but I can't even really pick a side because I still don't know how I feel. I know that the NASCAR folks in the trailer are getting paid. Uh, what they're getting paid to make judgment calls, and I guess i got to leave it up to them at the end of the day. So Tom? What they well, <clears throat> coincidentally, um, NASCAR Chasm, it just so happens that he caught a, a text from Noah Gregson to Sunday's winner, Ryan Blaney. So I'm going to let this kind of explain the situation Is this a fake text? This is a fake text. Okay. Yeah, it's good to clarify. Good win, Ryan, <laughs> Noah says. Ryan says, thank you. You had a rather eventful weekend. Noah says, I guess so. Ryan says, I haven't seen a swing and a miss like that <laughs> since you tried to get, get Lindsey Vaughn's phone oh. number on Twitter. Oh. And Noah says, you home yet? Ryan says, yep, just landed. Unlike your punches. <laughs> Noah says, stop. Wow. <laughs> um, so... You know, look, here's the deal with this. First off, I feel like that Noah didn't Noah didn't need to back into the car. Whether he did it on purpose or not, it wasn't necessary. Sorry. I'm, I've, I've watched this thing a million times. Um, but Daniel really – did Daniel need to interrupt an interview? No. Um, and I think Daniel went over there looking for a fight, and I think that's what he got. So – to me, this whole thing, the fight was basically nothing. I think it kind of cancels each other out. Um, but I, I do think that it, at some point NASCAR needs to kind of sit Noah down and just, mm-hmm. you know, have a little conversation with him about what's appropriate and what's not. The middle finger thing may seem, you know, like not a big deal to a lot of people, but frankly, it's not a great example for young fans that are out there. So, you know, I mean, you really ought to grow up and that that's like seventh grade material for me. Peter? Well, NASCAR certainly did sit Noah down post-race. From what I understand, he had a long did, sit in yes. the principal's office, the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Oh, they did? Series. Oh, I missed oh, that. Did. I it was It was a long sit. I missed that. A long conversation in the Xfinity Series hauler post-race. This I'm watching the video Gregson posted now, the overhead shot of everything on pit road. The pit stall in front of Gregson is empty. He could have pulled forward to realign himself in his own pit stall. So I think backing into Hemrick was kind of unnecessary. But at the same time, Hemrick walking over to Noah in an interview and grabbing him by the neck was a momentary lapse of judgment, too. So I can't really take one side. Both had moments of stupidity. So... 
we, we all know that Daniel Hemrick isn't the kind of guy that would just go up and punch somebody for no reason at all. Like he's, I feel like he has to be provoked in order to do something. Well, like and that. Like he was not, provoked. Well, no, I know, but I'm saying I mean, like he's not one of those people that would just look at looking right. for a fight everywhere. Yeah. So and my my parents always taught me you reap what you sow. So in in the case of that, I feel like Noah Gregson has kind of gotten himself to a point where. Like people just want to fight him just because of the way he comes across, the way his demeanor is, you know, walking around, you know, flipping people off for whatever reason you, you say. So I don't feel like Daniel needed to be provoked. It's just Noah being Noah. Like it's it's Noah Grax and everybody wants to punch him in the face just because he's who, he's being Noah Grax. You know, <laughs> well, you know what I'm now. saying? Like, I mean, I'm nothing against it's Noah Grax. I'm just saying, like. <laughs> Not you you come across as a punk kid, so everybody just wants to punch you in the face because you're being a punk kid. Yeah. So you know it, it's not anything that anything's doing. Anybody's doing wrong. And, just been, you know. and let me say, I happen to a- appreciate some of the stuff that Noah does, his personality-wise, because we need more personality, of course, in, within our drivers. But there is a line, you know, and I think I think he's crossed it a couple times recently. Well, yeah. And um, and you know, and I, w- I do also want to add that if it was more clear, if it was very black and white, that he very purposely slammed into Hemrick's car. Um, more so than what we already had, then a precedent certainly needed to be set. From what it looked like initially, especially. I agree with yeah. you because you cannot, in as much as we can all assume that that's what happened, when you know you can't base it on an assumption. And you're right; there wasn't clear and mm-hmm. indisputable evidence. If he, there was precedent, for sure, you know, needed to be set. But somebody really, and and honestly, who was ever who's ever was on the radio with Noah at that moment should have been alerting him. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like that probably happened like it should have. So we spent most of the segment talking about that, and we've got two minutes left. So uh, I don't want to get into the next question. I'm sure we could just keep going about. I mean, this. yeah, I mean, it's to me. It's an it's an interesting situation because I feel like uh, Noah, like Peter said, could have pulled forward into the empty pit box and just backed up into a stall. Uh, Noah begging for sympathy while also flipping off uh, Daniel Hemrick is a bad look to me uh, uh, because I mean we can see you well, doing it. I agree. It. That's what um, I'm saying. It's <laughs> and with with uh, Hemrick coming over. You know, I, I get where you're saying, Tom, where if he wanted to come look for a fight, you fight. You don't grab the kid by the hair and push him and then be like, oh, what are you going to do? And then well, you get swung. I know. It was really weird. That, it guess. was such a really weird stance to take. He literally Added grabbed the he, other weird NASCAR he, he grabbed Hemrick by the or Noah by the head, turned him and around then and then up backed and up and was him. like, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? What are you going to do? You came at me. Well, he started to say, if you ever, and then that they was, cut the, they they cut cut the, audio. the audio, so we don't know. Which means a lot of nasty but, things were said. But, I think but, there was one hit connected, too. <laughs> oh, it was by... Uh, D- well, Daniel, it was got, by, uh, yeah, Daniel got a hit. Daniel. And yeah. Noah, I think Daniel, Noah, Daniel staggered. No, yeah, Daniel, Daniel staggered Noah. I think Noah landed one. But with, with Noah's crew, with, with him, Noah's crew with him, in the headlock. Headlock in him, yeah. That's the other thing for me, is get the car out exactly yeah let the drivers handle it until the nascar officials get get the crews out okay yeah Yeah, there's no point in in, you know getting more people involved and potentially getting hurt over something that they can solve by themselves but you know at the same time i i guess it just depends on your your opinion of noah or your opinion of of daniel hammer but at the end of the day noah drives for dell jr and you know jr's not going to tolerate that kind of behavior for very long um, before the heads are going to roll. So um, we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side, and we'll have uh, more discussion. we got more stuff to talk about, but uh, that took up a lot of time. So uh, we'll see what we can do. We'll come back with more of the Inside Pass on WSAC in just a minute. Stick around. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. 
Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. A Route 1 just north of Quantico in Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. He wanted to be known for doing his best. His best made him Major League Baseball's most valuable player. He played in six World Series and was elected to the Hall of Fame. Although an honest man, he was best at stealing holes. But the best quality of Jackie Robinson's life was his character. So here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Thanks for passing it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at Values.com. I'm Chase Elliott, and you're listening to the Inside Pass. See Randy Miller, Tom Baker, Peter Strada, Noah Lewis, and Murdoch pushing buttons. Um, I, I was going to try to be funny and say that I need to send the condolence out uh, real quick, but I don't know if anybody's seen the video, so I don't want to say anything because it wouldn't make any sense. But um, I, I need to send condolences out to the four-wheeler that got lost uh, during the Dirt <laughs> Nationals but behind the Modified and flipped like 19 times. Oh, oh that yes. was hilarious. Yes. yes. So uh, somebody's now lost to their four-wheeler uh, forever. Thankfully, so. the rider was okay. <laughs> well, I, there was there was there anybody even on there it? Was no he rider. had just gotten off. The yeah, he had just gotten yeah. off. Oh, okay. That's what I mean. Push, yeah. it was a push when vehicle. I saw the video, there wasn't anybody on That's it. That's what so. I mean. Thankfully, he wasn't on it to yeah. not be okay. <laughs> right. It was a push vehicle behind a dirt modified, and the guy had just gotten off, and the push vehicle was still hooked to the car. 
Yes. Bristol Dirt Nationals used a chili bowl flip count. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one one thing got the all got uh, all of the uh, most of the counts during that. They, there was a lot of torn up race cars during that uh, event, yep. though, um, for, from what I've seen on, the, on Twitter and stuff. But uh, this weekend, or uh, well, this weekend is NASCAR's turn. But uh, b- before that, don't the World of Outlaws and no. Uh, uh, the late models, yes, they, do. Uh, they get their their opportunity to run the run the gamut. So um, the entry list, by the way, uh, came out. We'll talk about it uh, during the next segment. Uh, there's a lot of drivers. 44 trucks entered, and I think just as many Cup cars entered for this weekend. A lot of uh, a lot of talent in the Truck Series uh, field. So um, we'll talk about that uh, in the in the next segment. But uh, first, we have to get back to uh, business. So uh, Chris, take it away. Uh, restarts were a bit of a uh, a topic. Uh, Kurt Busch got involved in an incident on one. Noah. At what point do the rules need to be changed to avoid what happened to him? Um, I don't really know if it's a rule change that needs to be made, more so than drivers just kind of needing to be a little, uh, yeah, a little more patient on the restarts, especially when you see both lanes are checked up. I mean, the rule is clear: you can't change lanes until after the re- or after the start finish line. So they did that, um, but at that point, you just kind of gotta, you gotta. Hold your patience. You can't push through. <laughs> and actually, I think Denny Hamlin on Twitter today, um, Kyle Bush tweeted at him and said, where are you in their driver's meeting or something? And Denny said, out buying your uh, brother some flowers or something like that to make up for <laughs> for, for uh, spinning them out. So Denny Hamlin Twitter, if you haven't checked it out, check it out because he has gotten some crazy takes on there. But, but yeah, I don't think that any – He's gotten a lot more aggressive he, he on his has, takes lately. He has. He's, he's coming – I mean, He's man. being savage. He was talking about Noah Gregson the other day and said uh, something about the interview. He said, take the mic away from him or something like that. I mean, he, they, didn't he he's grumpy in his old age. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he's, got, he's, he's owned it. He's Tom? Okay. I, I look at this like I look at anything else with common sense. You, and I don't think this is a rule issue at all. The, as Noah said, the rule's very clear. The drivers just need to make sure that their brain stays plugged in when they throw the green on a restart. Um, it's a 500-mile race or a 400-mile race or a 300-mile race or whatever it is. It is not a one-lap shootout until it is, in fact, a one-lap shootout. <laughs> um, and that, that accident happened early in the race. So there's, to me, that was completely avoidable. Mm-hmm. And, and it's one of those situations where the drivers just need to settle down a little bit. I feel like everybody puts all of this emphasis on restarts. And as a fan, I love watching it. But from a driving point of view, that early in the race, you just got to be less aggressive. Tom, you said it perfectly that it was unavoidable contact. And we saw how crazy (laughs) restarts were all weekend long in Atlanta, especially in the cup race. Guys were going three, four, sometimes trying for five wide. And Hamlin was just bump drafting Kurt Busch into turn one, trying to get momentum moving when he could have waited till into turn two or down the back straightaway and just unfortunately unfortunate contact that sent Bush into the wall and out of the race. Honestly, it reminds me a lot of a Daytona Talladega yeah. style of crash, like the big one we had in the 500 exactly. a couple weeks ago. And you hear spotters at those tracks say, checking up, lane's checking up, you know, lane is, you know, that's that's on them as well as the driver with what they're seeing to communicate that you can't push right now. You know, everybody you certainly shouldn't be pushing a guy going exactly. into a corner. Right. I'm going to be different from you guys and say, I don't think the rule needs to be changed, but I feel like they need to amend it um, to where instead of the I guess the the first car or whatever, the first place car, having control of the restart, once the green flag comes out, you should be able to go. Whether you're at the start-finish line or not, once the green flag hits, you should be able to gas on it and go. If you pass nine cars, then you should have 
gone and, and not wasted time. Because I, I feel like a lot of times they wait till the very last second to go, um, and nobody can go until the leader goes, and then nobody can pass until the start finish line. I feel like once the green flag drops, you should be able to just gas on it and go. Whatever happens, happens. Well, technically, the that rule is a the, terrible idea. <laughs> that's what they do in dirt racing. <laughs> the, when the, the green flag comes out, you go. The rule track, is bro. though, just to clarify, on the initial start, you can't beat the leader to the line. On every other start, the leader has to go first in the restart zone. But the second place car, if they match it perfectly or match it enough. Um, can technically beat the leader to the line. Yeah, but the eighth place guy can't go to fifth before <clears throat> the line. No, right. that's what, and that's what. Randy well, I'm not. I'm is. not. Well, wait a minute. No, I'm not saying we should have nine cars side by side at the start finish line. I'm saying when the leader gets to the restart zone and the flagmen start the raise the green flag, it's go time. If you don't go and you spin your tires, and that's on you, and you just lost all those positions. It's not like. You know, waiting until the very last minute to to go, and then you know they cause a wreck, and it's you know yeah. it's their fault or the other person's fault. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, that's also why we have to choose now. Choose where you want. Pushing is what caused that. All right, we're going to move on to some uh, fill in the blank. Uh, all of the failed inspections with Hendrick cars, um, you know, this season make them look blank. No, <laughs> smart. I mean, yeah, they're failing, but they're trying something, and they're still fast. Um, so they're fast enough to climb back through the field and get back to the front. Then if you're trying something and hoping that it helps you and you pass through tech inspection and it's not hurting you bad enough, then, hey, go for it. <laughs> Tom? It, it, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting I'm second. <laughs> it makes them look suspicious is what it makes them look. But in reality, all these teams do this. It, the, the, the only reason that they're catching Hendrick is because obviously whatever they're doing is more obvious than what all the other teams are doing that week. Uh, no, I mean, I, I don't. I, there's no excuse to me for showing up at the racetrack and failing an inspection. These guys all should know better than that. But again, they all push the limit, and that's just how it is. So I, I don't see this being a huge deal, other than the the larger concept of uh, I, I, I think it just makes them all look silly. Peter. All these field inspections for Hendrick make them look innovative. No team the size of Hendrick would be as good as they are right now if they weren't pushing the envelope to the nth degree on every rule possible, trying to find that edge. I really think they're using the old cold Pern logic of bringing 12 illegal things to the racetrack and hoping only nine get caught. So. <laughs> Is that and, what he said? <laughs> and yeah. oh, by the way, who's, uh, who's got their hand on all four teams this year at Hendrick Motorsports? Chad Canals. <laughs> that guy has admitted that he brings whatever he can bring, and if that don't work, he tries the next one. It's true. I, I think it uh, makes Hendrick Motorsports look like they like to start dead last every week and work their way to the front because every week one of them starts dead last and they always make it to the front before the end of the first stage. So I think secretly they are like, hey, let's just start in the back and see how many cars we can pass. If they got passing points uh, right. during NASCAR, they'd all be the points leader right now. There'd be a four-way yeah, tie for the lead. If you got passing points, then all the teams would be wanting to start back. Yeah, they'd all be I mean, failing. You know, I mean, I think, well, I, mean, I guess in my scenario, we'd really, be wanting nine wide at the start-finish line, so let's just go 40 wide and you know, fill it in. NASCAR <laughs> says they want to stop it, but they really don't, because if they did, they'd just say, if you get caught cheating twice, you start five laps down. It's not cheating if you get caught. That would be the caught. end of it, so mm-hmm. they're not. All right, the uh, Pro Invitational Series t- returns Wednesday. Uh, your excitement for this is what? I am excited. Um, 
I'm really excited because of the names that are going to be in it. We know Dale Jr. is coming back to run on the Fox portion of it. Uh, I think Clint Boyer might be running on the on <laughs> there as well. So that'll be fun to have Clint and Jeff yelling at each other in the booth again. And it'll give us some midweek stuff to watch on FS1. So I'm excited for it. I'm ambivalent, honestly. I'll probably watch it, but, I mean, I'm not as excited as I was last year. Last year, there was a real purpose for it. It was, you know, a way to have racing. We didn't have racing. Um, I do think it's fun, but I, I just think it's it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what kind of ratings they get. Um, I wonder if Clint got his give-a-damn fixed. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Tom, I really tend to echo your sentiments here. Last year, it was perfect when there was nothing going on sports-wise, obviously no racing in the midst of the shutdown due to COVID. But now, with the world so much closer, back to normal, all these states opening up, I question the need, really, for 10 pro-invitational races. Yes, Bristol Dirt will be cool just to see what that's like on the sim. Seeing guys like Dale Jr., Clint Boyer back in the car is cool. But I feel like by race 8, 9, or 10 of this season, this iRacing season, it, it'll just get old. Yeah, it's kind of mad for me, too. I was excited as you guys were last year when it started, but now I feel like, okay, we have all the other sports now. You know, things are, like Peter said, sort of back to normal now. Is it really necessary? I, I like the idea of Bristol Dart, you know, Coda, the tracks that we haven't seen before, um, doing them on the Invitational Series and just letting those drivers see what it's like to run it in the sim. But, you know, aside from that, I don't really, you know. To I, me, there's enough short track sim stuff going on. I think they ought to put the short track stuff on there mm-hmm. instead of the NASCAR drivers. Yeah, that's true. I, I think they'd actually that. get better ratings. Yeah. We'll save the uh, last uh, fill-in-the-blank question to uh, preview fantasy because it is in relation to Bristol Dirt. So, uh, yeah, I'm well, excited I was for gonna that. Pull up, I was trying to pull and, up the, the uh, entry list, but go ahead. I was going to say, by the way, with the pro-invitational stuff, as someone that does some iRacing, it always is cool to see. But, Tom, I like that idea, you know, throwing some other guys, some short track stuff on there. Um, because, well, yeah, there's... like a World of Outlaws thing. Right. There's, there's, there's no was. way possible that they'll get anywhere close to ratings that they had, especially on FS1. But at the end of the day, it still is something more. I mean, yeah. it's it's more than what we did. Well, I mean, it's know? okay. I'm not I'm not dissing it. I'm not trying right. to disrespect it. Just saying that for it just me, won't be as it doesn't have the same right. excitement it had exactly. last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when, when we come back from break, we're, we're going to ponder another question. Last week, I asked uh, everybody what they thought about you know what kind of driver they would want to be if they were a race car driver. Um, this week, I want to know what you guys think is the most underrated driver of all time uh, in our sport, and we'll, we'll oh, talk boy. about it when we come back from break. We'll do fantasy stuff, and we'll break down this entry list for the trucks and. In our trucks and cup series because there's a lot of names um, on the truck series uh, list for a Bristol Dirt uh, week or Bristol Dirt weekend, I guess. Um, trucks will run qualifying formats and uh, heat races and uh, uh, all that kind of good stuff. It'll be just like normal, uh, like a normal Saturday night dirt track uh, racing series that you would go to on a, on a Saturday night. So we'll talk about when we come back. A lot of good names on that list. Um, we will come back. War of the Inside Pass on WSIC when we return. Stick around. We'll be right back. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? 
Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico in Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. He wanted to be known for doing his best. His best made him Major League Baseball's most valuable player. He played in six World Series and was elected to the Hall of Fame. Although an honest man, he was best at stealing holes. But the best quality of Jackie Robinson's life was his character. So here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Thanks for passing it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at Values.com. When Marlon Shirley was five years old, he was in an accident and lost his foot, but he didn't lose his heart. When you tackle a challenge that you just cannot even fathom tackling, when you accomplish that, the amount of integrity and the will and the heart that you'll get from that experience is what will set you up for your life. In less time than it took Marlon Shirley to say that, he can now run 100 meters because today he's the world's fastest amputee. Overcome, pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Hi, my name is Eric Jones, and you're listening to the Inside Pass. Welcome back to the Inside Pass, WSSC. If you miss any part of our show, you can catch it on demand, your favorite podcasting websites or podcasting sites. Uh, just go to whichever one is your favorite and type in the Inside Pass, and lo and behold, you will probably find it. Um, or you can also uh, look at uh, Race Chaser Radio and probably find it there as well because uh, all of the Correct. Race Chaser shows are on there, including Lead Lap, which is coming up after this show airs. Uh, Chris has one more question uh, before we pick a winner tonight. Uh, Bristol Dirt's this weekend. We'll talk about that more later in this segment. Uh, you don't have to give your pick, but who's the biggest dart horse in the field for this weekend? Cup. We'll, we'll keep it to Cup. Okay. Oh, okay. gosh. Peter, you go first. Or, Tom, you go first. <laughs> You're next. Everybody yeah. <laughs> is the biggest dark horse this weekend because nobody's ever run a cup car at Bristol on the dirt. Um, and nobody's ever run a cup car in dirt anywhere. So everybody's the biggest dark horse. I don't think there is a favorite. Everybody can say what they want to, but I'll just give Kyle Larson the race. Was the only people have to race it. Well, I mean, come on. We've got about six or seven ex-dirt drivers in the field. So, um, no, I, I think they're all dark horses the first time. It's kind of like the first time at the Roval. Nobody's done it yet, so they're all dark horses. I think one of us could be in the car Sunday and still finish on the lead lap or get a top ten. All right, calm down. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, me. Wait Not a me. Minute. <laughs> I'm just clarifying. 
Not, maybe maybe some Peter, of Peter, I've seen you do eye racing. I don't want to see you in the car. <laughs> Does it look much like that four wheeler? <laughs> <laughs> a little worse than the four wheeler. In all seriousness, though, in all seriousness, though, my dark horse would have to be Stenhouse. Bristol is one of his statistically best tracks, and he did grow up dirt racing. So this seems like a perfect race made from heaven for him. But that would make him a favorite. Mm-hmm. Not a dark horse. Well, well with his, co- no, with, his equipment, good, so. with his equipment, I consider him more of a dark horse. I mean, if if you look at the, I'm just looking at this the entry list, and, and we can, you know, we can go over the entry list in a little bit. But I mean, you you got you know, guys and underfunded teams on here too. Like, I mean, Stuart Friesen's in the Spire car, so I guess that's not really underfunded. But um, you you've got Chris Windham. I mean, you're like you have guys in cars that don't normally run NASCAR, but because it's dirt, you know, they're they're yeah. ringers, I guess you could say. Sure. Um, and like Tom said, it's it's pretty much like the Daytona 500 all over again because nobody really knows what to expect with Bristol on dirt. So any of these guys can end up in victory lane. I feel like. So you don't have one? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> and I made the question, I can do what I want. So. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, fair enough. No, I would, I'm going to go with Bubba Wallace. He's gotten an Eldora win uh, in the trucks years ago, and I think that nobody's really talking about him as maybe a dirt favorite. Wouldn't so. it be funny if that was the first race when, that yeah, Bubba that they win, right? the new team? He didn't he win the first Eldora race? <clears throat> uh, well, second. Yeah, second. but I'm, just, I'm saying with the new team. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, no, like of all places. Right. Yeah, that wasn't, that that wasn't the one circled, right? I don't think my... Michael Jordan would have figured that his first win would be a dirt race. So, in fact, I wonder if Michael Jordan even knows what a dirt race is. Looking at the entry list uh, for the Truck Series race, uh, you've got Elliott. your usual suspects in there. <laughs> Daniel Suarez is in the 02 truck. Um, Chase Briscoe's in the 04 uh, for for uh, Cody Roper. Uh, Bubba Wallace is in the field. Um, let's see, uh, uh, Kevin Harvick is in the field. Um, I'm trying to go through the list. Uh, Timothy Peters is in the field. Maya Snyder's in the field. Ryan Newman's in the field. Uh, Larson's in the field. Martin Truex is in the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica and Stuart Friesen are in the field. Um, and then, of course, usual Parker Kligerman. The rest of them are usual suspects. There are one, two, three, four the trucks. still impending, I guess. There's four still pending. So I'm saying the uh, divorce. The divorce, the, yeah, divorce, the divorce is, will be final week. on Tuesday. That's what I've heard. <laughs> um, the Ryan Brothers car, Ryan Brothers truck is uh, to be announced. Um, uh, Cram Enterprises has a truck. Uh, Austin, the Hill Hill Motorsports has another truck, and who's the fourth? Uh, CMI Motorsports has a truck that's still to be determined. So um, that's the truck series entry list. And I'll get to the cup one. All right, with uh, all of those questions, Noah picked up the win this week with nine points. Peter came in second with. Eight, Tom in third with six, and Randy bringing up the rear with five. That's okay. I won last week, and uh, it's about time. Well, it's about time for Noah to take a week While off. While you're so. talking about the uh, the uh, the cup entry list, maybe we can close with that. Do you want to get to the question? Well, I, yeah, that's fine. You can ask a question. There's really nobody on the entry list of cup that's really surprising. Everybody's pretty much just, you know the the usual people on there. So there's not really anybody on the cup list. Who is the uh, under most underrated driver of all time? We'll stick it with NASCAR. So. Tom doesn't have to do math in his head. I'll go first. Uh, Johnny Benson Jr. I th- he was a bit of a journeyman. Only got that one cup win. Okay. Uh, and uh, rode around, uh, raced a bunch of different cars, got a couple of truck wins, got a couple of uh, you know Xfinity wins. Uh, I think uh, Johnny Benson Jr. in terms of NASCAR is a pretty good uh, pick. Truck and Bush champion, too. I really yep. like that pick. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to think more modern times. I'm going to go with Greg Biffle. Um, you know, Greg had this this weird exit, too, from for leaving the series. He didn't have one of those tours, where which I don't know if Greg would have won at one. Um, and, and he's also teased coming back and running races and still hasn't, but come on, Greg. Uh, but 19-time Cup Series winner, finished second in the points one year, I think, in 2005. And, 
And so uh, I think Greg Biffle doesn't really get the respect on his name that he should. Tom, you go. I, I'm going to blow your minds because I'm, I'm going to go back a ways into the 70s. And I'm going to say that I think the most underrated driver of all time is Janet Guthrie. And the reason that I say that is because when we when we talk about female racers, who do we always talk about? Danica. Danica. Janet Guthrie gets no respect in this conversation. And I watched Janet Guthrie race a couple of times in person. And Janet just drove the wheels off of every car she got in. And none of them were capable of winning. So I feel like Janet Guthrie is very underrated. And had she had the equipment, I think she'd have been contending for wins. I hate to, other, uh, to cut the other people short, but we have about two minutes and well, I was the only seconds. one. I was the only one left. Dude. I was, I was going to say like a guy like maybe like Steve Park, somebody who we get had they not gotten injured, they, they would have had a really good career. So that, that would be my pick. All right, All right. Uh, let's do picks real quick. Uh, Noah goes first, uh, trucks, and then Cup. All right, for uh, trucks this weekend, Kyle Larson is my truck guy. And for Cup this weekend, I'm going to say – do I want to go both Larson? Oh, boy. Uh, I'm going to say Kyle Larson again. All right. Uh, Chris. I am going to go Kevin Harvick for the truck win. And for Cup, I am going to go with uh, Seabell. Good good pick there, Tom. Okay, so in the trucks, I'm going with a regular Matt Crafton. And in the Cup series, I'm actually going to take a chance and go out on a whim and say Kyle Larson. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Big chance there. Craft- <laughs> it's a Jacob Seelman two-inch limb special. Crafton yeah. was my truck pick, so I'll go with my backup and say Stuart Friesen for trucks. And for Cup, I'll go out on a bit of an actual limb and say Austin Dillon. Oh. Wait, wait, hold, He's uh, already got a win there this week. So. I was writing mine down. I'll get yours in a second. Uh, so for me, I'm going uh, Chase Briscoe for the truck and uh, Larson for uh, the Cup Series because I'm not that much of a two-inch lemon. I lost a lot of points this week because of Chase know. Elliott. Thank yeah. you, Chase, for blowing yeah. your motor. I don't know if the Groot's picked yet, but, man, I got to Who cares? It. Look, the oh, Groot's going to pick himself. Real quick, I picked Austin oh, Sendrick, and you told me that he was going to do terrible if I picked him because I didn't pick him the week before, and he won. And look what happened. He finished like 14th or something. What's what, I mean, you you never on. listened to me anyway. Why would you start now? Um, anyway, in any event, I had – so the, the standings look like this. Uh, Nick – Took Truex and uh, or he did he took Kyle and then uh, I guess Larson he took Larson and then Truex for the other two races so he got himself uh, back in the number one spot again. Noah came in second after three great finishes from his picks. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, Tom, Jacob, and Seth were separated by four points. Uh, Peter made up some ground uh, with John Hunter and uh, Truex, and then uh, I blew up uh, my picks just like Chase blew up his motor. So um, <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'm two uh, weeks behind and still making up ground. You are. You're making up ground. If Chase continues to blow motors, you'll be ahead of me in no time. Uh, so anyway, uh, we, we thank you guys uh, so much for uh, for joining us here uh, tonight. Lead Lap is coming up next. Uh, it's going to be an exciting weekend of racing uh, with Bristol on dirt uh, for the first time in uh, a long time for NASCAR trucks. Uh, you know, in Eldora a couple of years ago, so they're not that much uh, out of line. But have uh, I been promoted to regular host now? No, uh, Nick. Uh, <laughs> Good luck, Nick. Uh, We'll see you guys next week on the Inside Pass. Have a great week, everyone. Goodbye.